Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm hosting this week James Vickers at underscore James Vickers on Twitter. I'll throw it over straight away to, to Louis, who's going to take us through the results from last weekend's set of games. Hello, yeah, nice to be back. Um, I'm going to go straight to Friday, where Fulham managed to get that 2 1 away victory at Swansea. Uh, then going into Saturday's fixtures, uh, finally Sheffield Wednesday got a win. Um, thankful for me. Uh, Charlton's side, who have um, just been or potentially going to be taken over. E Street Investment um, finally got what the fans deserved after all this time. The Abu Dhabi consortium potentially taking them over, which will obviously brighten things on their horizon. Uh, but on the day, Wednesday, uh, coming away 3 1 winners, uh, thanks to a couple of Fletcher goals in that one. Uh, if we continue into the three o'clock kickoffs, uh, Derby and QPR drew one apiece. Uh, Leeds continue their great run of form. 4-0 winners against struggling Middlesbrough. Uh, Cardiff uh, got an away win. Uh, may a bit, maybe come as a bit of a surprise, but against Nottingham Forest, winning 1-0 there. Uh, Stoke on another, you know, you know, losing a couple of games in a row now after their, you know, couple of wins on a bounce, but lost 2-1 to Blackburn Rovers on that day. Uh, Reading with a decent win away at struggling Wigan, uh, 3-1. Uh, Birmingham and Millwall played out a one-all draw. Huge win uh, for Brentford, which I'm sure we will talk about soon. Uh, 7-0 against Luton. Uh, Loads of goals again in the next game, uh, which was Bristol City beating Huddersfield Town 5-2. Barnsley getting a a win after all this time. Um, Second only this season with a 3-1 win against Hull City. And then the final fixture was the Monday night, which saw a controversial penalty. Um, And West Brom taking all three points at Preston, winning 1-0 in that one. Yeah, there was a few sort of standout results for me in in sort of that, that set that you ran through there. I think, first of all, for what it meant for towards the bottom of the table at the moment was the the Reading Wigan game uh, sort of stood out for me. Obviously, Reading now getting those three points on the board have opened up a little gap between them and Huddersfield down in 19th. So you know, vitally important for them, and it's done their goal difference. You know, the world are good as well. I think they're only on about minus one or two now as well. So looking down the table, they are sort of considerably better off on goal difference for the rest of those teams, which, you know, the later it gets into the season, that goal difference becomes, you know, almost an extra point. And the manner in which they did it as well, obviously Wigan going ahead through ex-Preston player Joe Garner, know a lot about him midway, the sort of latter parts of the first half. And I think it wasn't until like the last 10 minutes where Reading really came back into it. And I'll sort of touch on his individual performance a bit later, but Pushkas was 
fantastic in that second half for them, you know, really turn the tide and yeah, a vital well, win yeah. for them against a team, you know, in and around them. And if they can continue winning those games against teams around them, I think, you know, they'll be more than fine. And, you know, since Bones come in, he's, uh, he's, he's done, you know, a decent job considering where they were and the mood that was around the club sort of going into that appointment. So really impressed with them. Another one which stood out for me was uh, obviously Brentford's game. You know, it'd be silly of me not to touch on them to score seven goals at home against any team in the division. Is, is, yeah, it's know, crazy, a, that one. <laughs> a, a, yeah, a real sort of uh, standout for them. Obviously, Brentford, you know, I found out the hard way going down there the last few seasons, are really good at home. But it's, you know, their inconsistency, which, you know, often lets them down at times. They could go from winning this game 7-0 against Luton to, I'm not sure who they've played this coming weekend, I'll quickly check the pictures as I'm talking. Um, but, you know, they yeah, could... it's, it's uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield uh, Wednesday, so... <laughs> yeah. So they could go from, you know, winning 7-0 there. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday will be a, a, a completely different game to, to Luton at home. You know, Sheffield Wednesday, I think, only separated by a point, obviously, with Brentford. But, you know, it is that inconsistency. One week, they can be absolutely fantastic. And then, you know, other weeks, they'll they'll sort of let themselves down. But, you know, this week, great performance from them. Seven goals at home, as I said. You know, it'd be silly of me not to touch on them. And then, you know, the the other result which really stood out for me, obviously you touched on it as you were going through the the results there, was the the Barnsley-Hull City game. Hull, fantastic win in midweek against uh, against Preston, 4-0 at home. You know, coming off the back of a couple of wins before that as well and going to a Barnsley team who were, you know, really struggling bottom of the league and, and we're looking to be to be cut adrift obviously I think they're still five points from safety but massive win for them and you know for large parts of the game or the majority of the game really until Hull got that that goal back when it was 2-0 dominated Hull and you know going into that game Hull would have been one of the sides that I would have thought you know would go with the way they were playing the way Jared Bowen's playing and, and Grzycki and the rest of the attackers it'd be one of those games that they would go into and, and pick up points and I really fancied Hull in that game so great performance from Barnsley really important for them There's a few Barnsley fans I know who you know said that's the best they've played since the uh, the change of manager, and if they can continue playing like that, I think you know they will pick up more points, especially against the teams in and around them, like the the likes of Wigan and Reading that I touched on earlier. So really impressed with Barnsley, um, you know, especially after their 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 run of games without a win. I think their last win actually came on the opening day, and you know, really good for them to get back to winning ways, and hopefully now going into this period where, especially over Christmas, the games come thick and fast, you know. They can start to pick up points and uh, and and hopefully for them get out of that relegation zone and look up the table rather than down. We've picked out the main ones. Um, I think there's a couple more I'd like to mention. You, you've got to look at that Bristol City game as well. Just simply the amount of goals that were scored again, seven goals in that game, and and Bristol City, you know, finding the feet after um, the previous game where that where they lost. So uh, to score five at home and, you know, they continue in a push is, is a great result for them. And then the other one and final one, uh, which I'd like to mention is, is Neil Harris's side, Cardiff, who I believe is still unbeaten. And, and to go to Forest, who at the time were third, fourth in the table um, on a great run of form, they were unbeaten in four. Um, and Cardiff, like I say, that now with that win at Forest, um, they've managed to go three games unbeaten and, and suddenly find themselves 10th in the league and, and only three points off the playoffs. So for me, yeah, I'd like to just congratulate Cardiff on that win because I don't think there'll be many sides go to uh, 
Forest this season and, and, and managed to get a win. Uh, they're the third side to do it, but Forest are doing pretty good. So, um, yeah, I think it was a, a huge win for Cardiff City and that gives you know them a lot of momentum ahead of ahead of the new year and under their new manager. So they could be a dark horse, if you like, in this second half of the season. Uh, but other than that, I think, I think that's it for me, other than maybe Leeds United picking up that 4-0 win. But in many ways, you could say uh, the victory was expected um, and it's, it's still looking like dark days for Jonathan Woodgate. So, um, but that's it for me, yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to touch on that Leeds game now as we come to the sort of individual stand-up performances. Um, you know, 4-0 at home against Middlesbrough, who are sort of really struggling. I, I expect each week Middlesbrough to really start to, to turn it around, but it just doesn't seem to be happening now. And I think it is a mixture of Woodgate sort of learning on the job with them at the moment. I think, you know, a lot of that squad are on sort of high high wages and, and they aren't really sort of cut out for, for a relegation scrap, which, you know, they are in at the moment. So, obviously, Leeds 4-0. The, the one play that stood out for me in that game was uh, was Klitsch in the midfield. You know, last season, yeah. at the start of the season, he, he came into that squad under Bielsa from been a player who hadn't really featured for them the previous season. Came in sort of out of nowhere, really. I don't think many Leeds fans would have expected uh, the return they got off him last season. So, you know, fantastic for him. And I thought this season for him, it was, uh, you know, a season about kicking on. Obviously, he had that great season last year, but could he repeat it and, and sort of bring that consistency to his game rather than be, you know, like a one-season wonder who then dips back off. And he's been, you know, instrumental in that midfield again them this season along with the likes of, uh, of of Phillips and Dallas so you know great for him to get those two goals it really set them on their way for for them to get that victory against Middlesbrough and I think if they are to to you know go up this season I think keeping players like Klitsch and, and Bamford and Costa fit who were the goal scorers at the weekend you know he's going to be vitally important last season they tended to run out of steam towards the end of the season as injuries hit them and I think you know from the the outside looking in this year, I think Dales is managing the the workload of the players a lot better. I think he will learn, you know, a lot of, of, of answers last season about putting the demands on on those players after the you know the the long championship season, and they seem to be you know managing it better this year. And I think you know those players, as I mentioned, are, are really sort of flourishing under him now. Another individual performance for me, I touched on him when I was going through my. Um, my results of the weekend was Pushkas for Reading. You know, yeah, Patrick course, yeah. away from home, fantastic. Especially been one nil down as well. Um, you know, fantastic for him. Had a bit of a mixed season so far. I remember watching him on TV earlier in the season. I can't for the life of me remember which game it was. It may have been Nottingham Forest away. Was you know absolutely unplayable, and I thought you know. Reading have got a real player on the hands here, but struggled then sort of after that. And, and you know, now sort of seeing him get that hat-trick, I think he can really kick on now. And if Reading are to, to move up the table, you know, he's going to be, um, you know, a, a key player for them going forward. So I think that takes him to six goals for the season now. So doubled his tally in the league. Um, you All know, within five minutes as well, that one, James. Yeah, <laughs> one game in five minutes, yeah. Yeah, with ten minutes to go in the game, so... Hopefully for him now he can kick on and uh, and and you know really sort of fire Reading up the table. Uh, Simeon you know comes on this show from time to time as well. Seems really impressed with him you know especially in the Wigan game and and hopefully that's the catalyst for them to to kick on now. Um, final player I'll mention uh, was in the the Bristol City Huddersfield game. 
One yep. game which I didn't really know which way that was going to go. Obviously, Huddersfield have had a bit of a revival under the Cowleys and, and Bristol seemed to be one of those teams like Brentford who you know can be fantastic on the day but really let themselves down with that consistency and it's, it's that reason why they haven't really broken into that playoff picture over the last few seasons. But I thought Vyman was absolutely fantastic. He you know, got two goals and, and, you know, could easily have had more. Also got an assist as well. Uh, shouldn't forget to mention uh, for, for Brownhill for the opening goal and, and really set them on their way on, on Saturday. You know, Premier League quality player, obviously, is playing in the Championship at the moment. But again, with the likes of Klitsch, if, if Bristol are to, to have aspirations of breaking into that playoff picture this season, keeping him fit and scoring and assisting is is crucial for them. Um, but yeah, they're the three players which stood out for me. Um, I'll put a special mention actually to Paul Huntington for us last night, even though we came up on the wrong end of a, a 1-0 defeat first game of the season for him. I think that's the first game he started for us since January and to come in against the top goal scorers when we're having a bit of a defensive crisis. I thought he was, you know, head and shoulders our best player last night, which, you know, is credit to him of how he's uh, kept himself fit while not been playing, not been frustrated and, and moaned on social media and really took his chance. And I think when Baron Davies are back fit, it'll be a tough call to drop Huntington if he, if he continues playing the way he did. But yeah, special mention for him there. I thought it'd be uh, rude of me not to mention him, but they were the ones that stood out for me. Uh, were there any in particular that stood out for you, Louis, that I've not mentioned? Yeah, a couple. Um, you could name loads of players this this game round, couldn't you? There's, you know, with all the goals that were scored, etc. Uh, but actually, I don't get to do it often. I'm going to pick a Wednesday player, and I thought that Barry Bannon was exceptional against Charlton. Uh, at times, he pretty much ran the show, and his cross for Fletcher's first goal uh, was just, well, just sublime, actually. Um, he only had to obviously guide the ball into the net, but... Uh, all the power and everything was was put on a plate for him. Um, so Bannon, yeah, is is just you know his his long passing game um, and obviously his his contribution in terms of assists. He was he was great and and, and had a really good game. And, and with that, you know, I, I can mention Fletcher scoring two goals, who obviously did well for Sheffield Wednesday as well. Although one was a penalty, uh, but it's not often that we uh, get. A player scoring a brace these days, never mind a hat trick. So that moves me on nicely to the final player I'd like to mention, which uh, in the crazy game, the 7 0 win over Luton, Joshua De Silva um, scoring three goals and getting one assist. Uh, again, another penalty there, but it's not often that you get, you know, a player contributing to four goals in one game. So I could not mention him. He, you know, obviously he's, he's very lively, a great talent. Um, you know, it, you could say that that 7-0 win was, you know, once in a blue moon that happens. But for him to, like I say, contribute with a handful of goals there, um, he's got to be one of the players of the round with probably Puskas, who also scored a hat-trick. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, one game which we, we haven't touched on that takes us quite nicely into our next topic, so I'm glad we haven't touched on them yet, is is obviously the Fulham game on, on Friday night. Obviously, you mentioned it in the results. Yeah. Um, obviously, getting into sort of the the busy festive period now and, and you know, looking at the table, you're starting to get a real sense of which teams are going to be, you know, challenging for the playoffs, which team are aiming for automatic and which teams are struggling down the bottom. Fulham, you know, had a bit of a mixed start to the season. They were sort of there or thereabouts. But over recent weeks, they've really sort of seemed to have kicked on, I think, I mentioned Mitrovic the other week on the show as, as you know, been their key player. Scored another two on, on Friday night. And, you know, watching the game, I thought he was absolutely fantastic and, you know, a real driving force for them. Obviously, Fulham have, you know, come into their own the last few weeks. Looking at the table at the moment, you know, they're sat in third. Seven points now behind West Brom. Obviously, they beat us last night as we're recording this and five points behind Leeds. Looking at the fixtures that, that each set of teams have got now going into that festive period, do you think that it's out of the question for Fulham to be able to catch up to those top two before, say, New Year, for example? Um, or do you see that top two being set now for, for the majority of the season ahead? Ah, it's difficult to say that they're going to catch them, I think. Um, but the good thing with Fulham, like you've mentioned there, is they've really found some consistency. Um, they were on a level playing field, weren't they, for, for the first few months of the season and, and they've lost so far, uh, four so far this term. Um, but, you know, this last two months, I can really say that Fulham has improved and with that consistency, Parker's probably grown a bit more confidence as manager in this league. Um, we know that they've got some of the best players in the league, particularly up front and, and just behind in midfield, the likes of Kearney, Mitrovic, etc., Caballero and and all the other players that they've got there. And, you know, for them to catch Leeds and West Brom, they can do it, but the only way that they can do it is if they continue on this run of form. I'm not going to say that they're going to win every game in the next couple of months. But as we know, James, um, as championship fans over the years, the t- even the teams at the top, like West Brom and Leeds, where they are now, they're doing fantastically well. Both you know, won five out of five games. Um, but at some point in the season, they, they will have dips, um, whether that's one dip or two dips. Um, generally teams that have finished first in the league still only have the one dip um, but it depends when that hit when that is um, with West Brom and Leeds 
I don't know why. I've just got an inkling that it's not going to happen this dip for either of those teams until after Christmas. Uh, so in to answer your question, that would mean Fulham for me probably can't catch the top two um, in the next six to well, let's say six six weeks. Uh, but beyond that, uh, once you know it gets to January, February, still dark nights. You know, playing. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, still cold weather. You know, West Brom and Leeds will drop points at some time uh, or other. And and for me, that's when Fulham can pounce. It's just whether they've got it in them to maintain that, you know, just five points behind Leeds at the minute, if, if they can maintain that for another four, five, six weeks until one of these teams does have a dip. Um, but for the time being, I just really think that West Brom and Leeds are... We've, we've talked all season on the podcast out how about a team's not actually running running away with the league at, at present. Well, I think this last two weeks, you know, we can really look at that league now, look at West Brom, look at Leeds United and say they are the best two in the league. They are the ones what could potentially, one of them could run away with it now. Um, and, and for me, there's, there's probably only... Fulham, really, that is the team that can catch him. I just don't think, to answer your question, James, it's going to be until the new year, if they do it. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think Fulham will be, you know, that team that does put the most pressure on the on the top two. And sort of as I'm, as I'm sat here sort of thinking about that, as you, as you were speaking, I'm just looking at Fulham's next four fixtures, taking them up to Christmas. Um, sort of discounting the Boxing Day fixture, their next four uh, fixtures in the run to Christmas. I don't think, you know, if a Fulham fan could have chose four more difficult fixtures, um, they could have chose, you know, any different. They've got Bristol yeah, of City course, at yeah. home, um, us away, Brentford away, and then Leeds at home. So if they can come out of that with, you know, say the difference in points between them and the top two as what it is at the moment, Going into that New Year period, you know, their fixtures don't don't look particularly difficult. Obviously, there's no easy game in the Championship, but you'd fit, you'd fancy, you know, Luton away, Stoke and Reading at home, Middlesbrough at home, Charlton away. You'd fancy them to, you know, win the majority of those games. So I think the main sort of thing for Fulham now is going to be this run-up to Christmas. Obviously, they've hit form at a perfect time to go into those four games. Obviously, four games against four teams that are in and around them in the table at the moment. And obviously you associate, you know, six pointers with teams down the relegation zone. But if they can come out of those those four games with, say, three points, for example, obviously Leeds a second and then Bristol, Preston and Brentford a fifth, sixth and seventh, respectively, and only a few points separate them, you know, it puts a real pressure then on that chasing pack behind them and lets them, you know, fully concentrate on, you know, the teams above them, which, you know, in this case would be West Brom and Leeds. So I think to go back to the question I posed you, I think, you know, it will be difficult for them to catch Leeds and West Brom going into the Christmas period. But if they can come out of this next set of four games, you know, still within touching distance of them, you know, you'd fancy then them to be able to really kick on in that second part of the season with maybe a couple Mm. of additions in January as well. You know, if they are sort of third or fourth, um, but I think yeah, a lot will be sort of decided for them in terms of automatic or or playoff aspirations and and, and where they are in in these next four games. So really interested to to sort of see where they are, you know, 
come come that Christmas period and, and hopefully, as I said, they need three out of four wins to stay within such a distance that defeat comes against us because, you know, we really need the points at the moment after uh, after three defeats on the bounce. Um, but obviously, touching on Fulham, who've hit form at the, you know, the perfect time, you know, getting towards... Well, sort of, we're into December now as as we're recording this. Manager of the month time always comes around, you know, at the start of a month for, for the previous month for November. Looking down the table, there's a few candidates I've got, and I I took sort of first jump into to player and and team sort of that that impressed me at the weekend. So I'm going to throw this over to you first of all. Manager of the month okay. wise, we'll start with first. Who would be your candidates to to sort of get that accolade this month? I've wrote down four, um, and it's quite interesting because really you only have to look at the form table, really. Um, I know we've had a game in December now, um, and the four, I'm sure you probably agree with most of them. You, you know, the, the top two, they're, they're on delightful form at the minute, you know, so that means um, Bilic and Bielsa, um, a two that I've got down and then I'm going to give my reasonings why uh, one of those should win it and then the other two that I've got down is uh, Tony Mowbray and uh, Scott Parker now Scott Parker's won four out of five games um, in November so he's obviously a good candidate and he'd be worthy he'd be a worthy winner um, and so is Tony Mowbray and he's won four out of five games at a, what you could call an inverted commas a, a lesser club with you know, less lesser aspirations this season. So they've they've done really well, and their only defeat actually was against Leeds United. Um, now the thing in Bielsa's favour of winning the uh, Manager of the Month would be that he played five games in November and managed to win all five. So 100% maximum points over the course of November. Whereas uh, Billich, unfortunately. Um, the game against Preston landed in December, so it wouldn't count for the uh, obviously the, the manager of the month award in terms of it being in the wrong month, even though they did get the win. So B- Billich did manage to win four out of four games. So for that reason alone, with like I say, with maximum points, 15 points in total in November from a, a possible 15, um, I, I can't not choose. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds. I think they've they've really pushed on this last four weeks as such. Um, we talked about in the past how it was their goal scorers and they were struggling to find the net, essentially, this first quarter of the season. Um, but that doesn't seem to be an issue now. This, this last, like I say, four weeks, they've, they've been scoring over two goals in most games, uh, particularly the latest one, the, the 4-0 win. And that mind just, mind had just come at the right time for him. A bit of confidence and inspiration and uh, midfielders finding the net, like you said, Matthias Click with a brace most recently. Um, and for all those reasons combined, and that they put, obviously, uh, I think it was a 2-1 victory against Blackburn, which which would mean Mowbray would be out of my running personally. Um, for me, the, it, it only goes to... Um, Bielsa but Bilic would be very unlucky not to win also but like I say he had one less game to play in, in that month so uh, it just pips it for me at Leeds United Yeah I completely agree with you um, so I won't repeat the point you went on I think Bielsa for me you know 11 goals scored 2 conceded which you know 
fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, in in that time, top of the form table as you mentioned, and and you know won all their games. So obviously, while it's the the easy thing to do to go to a team that are, you know in the top two as as your manager of the month pick, I don't think there can be many arguments with that. You know, other mentions, I think, obviously not had the same turn in form that Leeds have, but, you know, Grant McCann at Hull's done a fantastic job over the last month, you know, really mm. picked them up and, and carried them up the table. Again, you mentioned Tony Mowbray at Blackburn. There was, when we beat them back in, I believe it was sort of end of October, early November, a lot of doom and gloom around them, considering they were 2-0 up at the time. And, and we came back and won that game, you know, quite comfortably in the end. And and I thought maybe, you know, that was sort of the end of his time there. So to turn it around in the way he has done as well, you know, I think they sit fourth or fifth in the form table at the moment. You know, credit to him. I think he should definitely be, be in the running. Uh, and obviously, Billich, as you mentioned. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, Bielsa's had a fantastic month. Obviously, I touched on Leeds earlier. Five wins in five is, is you know, some going for for a championship side these days where you know the league is so competitive and and you'd fancy even if you are the best team in the division it's very hard to put a run of five consecutive victories together you know in any league really uh, let alone the championship so credit to him and uh, you know those games haven't been particularly easy games either you know on paper um so yeah i think no arguments whatsoever with him um in terms of player of the month i'll go first on this one um, because I'll let you go first on the last there's two for me that sort of stand out I think Mitrovic is going to be my pick for for player of the month you know as I mentioned um, when we were doing the the results roundup you know fantastic on Friday night for Fulham you know he's really carried that Fulham team especially in the offensive line over the last few weeks and, and you know they're really reaping the rewards as a you know as a result of that another two on Friday night as I said and and you know really set them on the way for for that victory I think that's 15 and 18 games now this season which you know in the championship is is you know a hell of a feat um obviously still that sort of disciplinary issue around him um you know always picks up yellow cards from time to time as well which obviously Fulham would probably want him to cut out but if he's scoring as many as he is doing at the moment you know I'm sure they can forgive him for for all intents and purposes he is a Premier League striker playing in the Championship and I think if Fulham don't go up this year you know potentially there'll be a a Premier League team coming for him I think he's been absolutely fantastic uh, for them another player which doesn't get sort of the the headlines in terms of goals scored and assists, um, but has really impressed me and really impressed me again watching him last night. Um, so honourable mention for him would be Romain Sawyer's at West Brom. You know, to bring yeah. him for, for as little as they did, uh, you know, and immediately he's come into that team and not looked out of place whatsoever. I think he's been absolutely fantastic for them and instrumental in the way they you know, gone about their business this season and, and the way that Village has got them playing, you know, sitting in that midfield with Livermore and, and Pereira, um, you know, he's absolute joy to watch at times. I remember a through ball he played at Stoke away a couple of weeks ago, which got all the headlines and, you know, he was he was doing those kind of things last night. So really impressed with him over the last month and every month I see him, he seems to go from strength to strength, which is worrying for the rest of the league. If he can continue that, you know, upturning form, you know, come the new year, you know, I think he's going to be one of the, the standout players in the division come the end of the season. So, yeah, they're the two for me that have really stood out in terms of, uh, of player of the month nominations this month. But, you know, for me, hands down, Mitrovic walks away with that title. Um, what about you? 
Yeah, um, I think it's quite an easy month to judge, to be honest. Um, normally, we'd have an endless list, wouldn't we? You could pick so many players. I've only wrote down two. Uh, I think Mitrovic wins the title, like you say, in November, which is crazy stats. But obviously, in that four-week period, he managed to score seven goals and get one assist, which is, uh, for many strikers, that's you know that's half a season's worth of goals. Um, so yeah, that you know, if if he doesn't win November player of the month then um it's probably rigged but the only other player that i'd like to uh, mention as well because i think he's been fantastic i keep mentioning him and you know one day i'm gonna have to uh, zip my lips a little bit because it, I, I can't not mention him most podcasts recently he's jared bowen um again i think he's been absolutely fantastic for Hull recently this last month um you know he, he he's He'd be worthy, again, of, of winning the November Player of the Month. He managed to score four goals and get two assists in a team that's, again, um, you know, not got the aspirations that like Fulham have, where Mitrovic is at Hull City uh, midway and, and without the likes of Bowen, they'd, they'd probably be struggling and, and, you know, nearer the relegation zone. So for me, Bowen would be, a, you know, a good call and a good shout. But yeah, hands down, uh, Mitrovic. Mitrovic again for me. I think we agree on that one, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, completely agreed. I think on uh, on both this month. You know, it's it's been a fairly easy month in, in terms of of choosing uh, those accolades, um, which takes us quite nicely then um, into the the previews and predictions for for this weekend coming. Um, obviously, because we've talked quite a bit about West Brom so far and and Billich, I'll start with them first of all, even though they are the last game of the three that we're gonna preview for this weekend they play midday on Sunday um you know another game away from a Saturday three o'clock kickoff for West Brom but they're at home to Swansea City who obviously came off that Friday night defeat at Fulham so Swansea having a lot longer to to recover from the the West Brom side who you know played last night Monday night against us um don't think that'll be too much of a factor but how do you see that game going um I just think at the minute the form that West Brom are on being at home um, you would always fancy them at home as well. I just think Swansea, they've not won in four now, have they? Losing two of those. Also losing to Fulham uh, last Friday. I just think they seem to be struggling at the minute. Um, I'm sure Cooper will turn things around and you know they'll probably still push for playoffs this season. But on the day, um, I just can't look past that. <laughs> endless and great form that West Brom are on and, and and to go with that they've only lost one all season West Brom haven't they so with them being at home um, I'm going to go 2-0 to West Brom in that one Yeah I agree we usually you know Swansea this season have been quite a safe bet they've had you know a really good start to the season but you know as you mentioned four without a win now West Brom you know in ominous form looked to uh, you know especially at home as well. They've, they've been you know so good this season. Only one defeat, and I think that'll continue for them in terms of winning games at home um, on Sunday. I think, yeah, echo your sentiments on that entirely. I think, you know, a comfortable home win, um, probably 2-0, I'd say it's the same scoreline as you. So that's, I think, manager, player, and, uh, and also the first result, um, you know, identical for us. Um, moving in then to the second game, um, which we'll work backwards if I've, I've done the Sunday one first. Opposite end of the table, Luton versus Wigan. 
obviously both coming off defeats last weekend. Um, Luton took you know more of a, a beating than Wigan did, um, albeit in yep. slightly different circumstances. Obviously, Luton will be glad to get back to to their home ground, Kenilworth Road, on on Saturday at three o'clock. How do you see this game going? Is it a bit too early for a six pointer down the bottom? And on which side do you think will come out with a victory here? No, you could say it is a six-pointer, um, but on my prediction, you might I might surprise you a little bit because I'm actually going to go for um, a one-nil win to Luton in this one. Actually, I think I know they've just come off a massive drubbing against Brentford, um, but I just think Luton, you know, at Kenilworth Road, like you say, close ground, very compact. The fans will get behind them after that loss. For whatever reason, just a gut instinct. I think that Paul Cook, as well as Woodgate obviously under pressure, uh, but Paul Cook could be the one that gets the sack soon. Um, so for that reason, I just I've just got a slight inkling for Luton in this one that they can still pick points up at home despite you know conceding so many goals this season. So I'm going to go one nil to Luton in this one, uh, which like I say might be a bit of a shock, but um, but why not? So yeah, one nil victory for them. Yeah, I think this one for me was was a toss of a coin. I am same as you going to go Luton, I think. And it's probably a really bad comparison to make, but you know, Southampton a few weeks ago, obviously everyone will remember, got beat nine nil at home by Leicester. And the yeah. way they've sort of bounced back from then, it seemed to, you know, rally them. They went to Man City in the cup and also the league after that, where no one expected them obviously to get anything, which ultimately they didn't. But since then, especially in them two City games, you know, they really held Man City and, and their performance has risen. And, you know, for a team down the bottom, obviously that can go one or two ways, you know, a 7-0 defeat. Obviously, it'll be very easy for heads to go down. But, you know, a tight, compact stadium against a team also down the bottom with them. I think Wigan are a point worse off than Luton at the moment. It could be one of those moments for Luton, and which is why I've gone for them. Because as I said, absolute coin toss for me. This, but I think that mm. defeat with the fans behind them, compact pitch, will really rally them and and you know sort of spur them on to victory. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for a two nil win in this. Actually, I think you know Luton on the day are a good football inside. You know, score plenty of goals. Just it's been at the other end. But I think you know this weekend, you know against the wing team, really have struggled as well. Um, yeah, I can see Luton running out one or two nil winning. So I'm going to go two nil Luton. I think they'll win, same as you, but I think they may score, you know, uh, an extra goal to go with that, um, just to sort of seal that a little bit more. Um, and then final game, the Friday night game this weekend, Millwall against Nottingham Forest. Obviously, Nottingham Forest putting a run together similar to Fulham uh, at the moment, find themselves in fourth position, um, going to a Millwall side which are having. As close to sort of a season for them as I thought they would, you know, I thought they'd be sort of safe and steady in, in mid to lower mid table, 13th at the moment, um, you know, a, a sort of an, an average amount of wins to losses with, you know, eight draws in there as well, which I believe is a league high with, with Bristol at the moment. Um, how do you see this game going? Obviously, Friday night games for me, trying to bet on them, are an absolute nightmare. They never go the way I think yeah. they will. So <laughs> I've actually got Forrest in this one to win. But been the Friday night game, you know, I'm not confident whatsoever. Uh, what do you think going into this one? Um, usually Friday night games, though, bring goals, don't they? So I might surprise you a little bit again. I'm just going to go based on form. And I think Gary Bowett is, is one of the managers, actually, that I could have... You know, I'm not saying he's going to win November uh, 
manager of the month he's not gonna do but he was the one manager that i thought i probably missed out when we discussed that topic because he's done ever so well since um he came into millwall so they're unbeaten in four now and for that reason being at home like i say like you say friday night um, on TV, I'm going to go two-one victory for Millwall in this one. I just think, even though Forest, it seems crazy for me to say, and we keep saying this, but Forest the fourth, and and even though they are doing well and only lost four this season, they haven't conceded too many goals. They're still inconsistent for me, and 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 when we preview and predict a, a Forest game, I, I really never know which way the score is going to go. So. Um, I'm just going to go for yeah a, a Millwall win in this one based on the fact that they're still unbeaten in, in four. So, uh, yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah, I'm going to sit on the fence for this one. Um, I think, you know, as you mentioned, looking back to the form guy, Millwall, you know, have had a, a really good start under Rowett and, and, you know, Forrester playing well at the moment, albeit a little inconsistent at times this season. So, for that reason, um, you know, looking down as well, especially the last few games, you know, neither side has, has scored particularly many. Um, I think they're averaging just over a goal a game um, and conceding about a goal a game. So I'm going to sort of go by sort of looking at, at the for and against here and say that this will be a draw. Um, I think definitely each side will score, um, but I think it's going to be like a one all or 2 all draw. Um, you know, Millwall, a very tough place to go. Um, for any travelling team, you know, the fans get right on their, the opposition's backs, you know, from the first whistle. And, and Nottingham Forest have, have been a little bit hit and miss, even though they have been, you know, putting a bit of a run together. Um, three wins and two defeats and a draw in their last six. So, again, that inconsistency that I touched on. Um, yeah, I think this one, uh, you know, score draw written all over it. Uh, I'll probably be completely wrong and it'll end up being about 3-1 to Millwall. But, you know, I've just got a feeling going into this that it'll be a, you know, a nice score draw um, to set everyone up for the weekend and, and try and catch up to Nottingham Forest. Um, and that's probably me thinking with my Preston head on as well. Um, that's kind of influenced me going going off that. Um, but with that, we're out of time. Um, if you want to let anyone know where they can get you, Louis, any social medias and, and projects that you're involved in, you know, that'd be a good time. Yeah, so you can just chat, uh, find me on Twitter, should I say. I was going to say chat to me on Twitter, but find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft. Uh, I'm a football writer and Sheffield Wednesday pundit for Football League World, uh, Yorkshire Post newspaper and Feast of Football Radio. Yeah, and you can find me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, as I mentioned at the start of the show. Uh, more importantly, you can find us on our, our show page, which is at Championship Pod. Obviously, give us a follow on there. Each episode is our pinned tweet. So give us a follow, have notifications on, and you won't miss an upload. And there's plenty of stuff to get involved in throughout the week as well. Uh, cheers for joining me today, Louis. Um, you know, we'll be back uh, this time next week reviewing the, the games coming this weekend. Uh, and until then, we'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.